Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Helen Tupper. And I'm Sarah Ellis. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week Sarah and I come together to talk about a different topic to do with work and discuss practical ideas for action to help you find your way through your increasingly and our increasingly squiggly world of work. And today we're going to be talking about overwhelm and how to kind of overcome overwhelm at work. So you can probably tell how we're both feeling right now. I was about to say the irony of calling this topic. When, I, when, we, when you suggested it, I was like, yes, this is a good topic to cover. Let's let's get into this, please. Well, let's face it. I think we originally started the podcast really for self-help, to help yeah, each other. Yeah, it is all still self-help, isn't it? Yeah, and I was preparing for this particular topic and just thinking, I mean, we are literally doing this for selfish reasons right now because we really need to know this stuff. And I think lots of people are feeling this way and we've noticed it in our workshops over the last few weeks. So we were like, actually, do you know what? We've never really done a kind of deep dive into overwhelm. So what we're going to do today is talk a bit about what it is and how it gets in our way, though I suspect most of us know that (laughs) and we don't need to spend too long on it. And what we've come up with is we thought we would go really practical today. So we've come up with 10 ideas for action on what to do in those moments where you do get overwhelmed at work. Because I think, yes, we can work on how to prevent it, but it's also probably always going to happen some of the time and we can probably predict that that at some point we are just going to feel a bit overwhelmed and I think it's almost what you do in those moments and the tools and the tactics that you can learn that can sort of help you find your way through that feeling of overwhelm to the other side as quickly and as positively as possible (laughs) so I'm sure there's lots of more psychology that we could chat through but yeah we've gone really really practical for everybody again I suspect this is because we were like what can we do right now (laughs) So I was looking at overwhelm and and what it means when our brains get overwhelmed. And I think there's actually one really important point that I hadn't considered before, which is, so when we are overwhelmed, it's that almost the complexity of everything that's happening surpasses the complexity of our mind. So we all recognize this sense of it all feels too much, but what we shouldn't mistake this for is a reflection of like our capability or our competence. So I think often our reaction to overwhelm is almost to blame ourselves or for our inner critic to come to life. And it's us going, this is my fault. I can't cope. And almost like beating ourselves up. What should I have done differently to stop this overwhelm from happening? But actually, it is just when everything gets too complicated and lots of that stuff is actually out of our control, which is almost why... We've spent a bit less time today on kind of the preventing it because it's kind of a natural reality, I think, in squiggly careers in modern life. 
So before we get into the idea of, for action, there are two things that you can do, which is spot your triggers and understand the impact for you. Because we all have different triggers for overwhelm, particularly perhaps when we don't have everything's happening quite right now in January 2021. And then know what does that mean for you? So rather than just kind of thinking about this generally, work out what does it look like for you, perhaps reflect on when you felt this before. And are there any themes or kind of trends that you can spot that then can be quite helpful? Because doesn't mean you could stop it completely, but it might just be kind of useful in terms of using some of these tactics. So some of the triggers, I'll just give you some of the examples that I saw come up a lot in lots of the reading I was doing. And then perhaps Helen, you and I will share the ones that are our big triggers. So managers can be a really big trigger of overwhelm. So another bit of work comes your way and you feel like you can't say no. Expectations of yourself or from other people, letting people down, which I guess those two things are linked maybe not getting the support that you need from other people. You know, that whole thing of it feeling too much, maybe you've got competing priorities. So lots going on personally, professionally. I can't believe anyone doesn't feel that one a little bit (laughs) at at the moment. And so Helen, when you get that kind of real sense of this all feels like too much, what do you think triggers it for you? For me, it's when I'm being chased for things. Mm. Let's say if you're chasing me for something or Sarah, weirdly, another Sarah in our team, it might be chasing me for something and it's all like meant with good intent or, you know, someone who we're working with is saying, oh, Helen, where's that bit of information or that resource or that video or whatever it is? And suddenly it's like a signal to me. I think it's a signal that I've not got it under control. Mm. Like I think for me, if people are chasing me, something's gone wrong because that's not a very Helen thing. Like I'm normally the chaser. (laughs) (laughs) If people are chasing me, I'm like, oh. You want to be the chaser, not the chasee. (laughs) I don't really want to be, but I think I probably normally am. But yeah, it makes me just think I've let something slip or I'm not in control of this or there's too many things moving at once. And it's the thing that makes me want to be like, ah, I've got to find a way to get back on track. Do you know, I was thinking about this a lot. I've worked out that one of my triggers is when I do get really overwhelmed, I go into the future. I quite enjoy spending time thinking about the future anyway, so that's kind of a nice place for me to spend time. And then I start to imagine what I'm going to do differently. I think about some quite like radically different things. So honestly, this week at some points, I was thinking, maybe what I'll do is I'll work a four-day week in the summer. Honestly, I had this thought for about an hour. I was like, oh, that could be quite a good... to do that. I... I know, but I don't want, I don't actually, I have worked four day week before and I, actually I really enjoyed it. But you know, when you're like, but that's not what I want to do. It's my reaction. It's my response yeah. to yeah. feeling overwhelmed is I start to think, oh, this could be different. Or maybe I should try that. And because I think I'm, I like ideas, I come up with ideas that are sort yeah. of in the future. So, and then I think once you start to spot your triggers, and I'm sure all of them at some point impact us, but some impact us more than others then kind of know what is your response or how does it start to show up for you? Actually, there's quite a lot of evidence around when we're overwhelmed, you're really forgetful. Probably, I guess, because you've got so much going on in your head, you just, you you can't keep everything in your mind. So you just forget things. Maybe that's when you do like, you know, when you lock yourself out or you lose your phone, it's almost like in those moments, you're already overwhelmed anyway. And then you're like, oh, great. Now I've just lost my phone. Or it's so funny because it's before I lose this cards. podcast. I, I lose debit cards. That's what I do. <laughs> well, just before we started recording today, it's really funny because I was feeling a bit like this. So it's, um, we're recording on Friday, at the end of Friday. Mm. <laughs> you know, we've got quite a few things on at the moment with like books and various things that we're doing. And Sarah, because Sarah basically is planning the completion of the book that we have to get over to Penguin in two weeks' time. 
And Sarah's like managing the completion of it. And so it's very clear about what needs to be done when. And has obviously come to the end of this week with a lot of clarity and is now thinking about what needs to be done when next week. But my brain can't really cope. To your point about forgetting, <laughs> when you were going through that, you're like, okay, that needs to be done on Wednesday. And I was like, okay, I've got to put it in my diary because I don't think I can yeah. retain. I think I'm on Friday a lot's gone on and I'm sort of tipping into overwhelm a little bit because I'm going into the weekend feeling like I've not done everything I need to do. I was thinking when you were saying that, I was like, I don't think I can retain so I can, that forgetfulness <laughs> thing, I can see how it's real. Yeah. So forgetful confusion, you know, you don't have the clarity that perhaps you have the rest of the time. Perhaps you're chatting to someone in your team and you're thinking, why am I not getting this? It's almost like your brain's a bit full up. That's the way I think of it. And when I was reading about how we typically respond to overwhelm, pretty much what everyone says is oh, I would just work harder and longer <laughs> and I was just thinking yeah I mean so there was quite a lot of case studies of oh well the, the answer is basically to get up at 4 30 or 5 a.m and just be like okay well that's how I will what, then get through it? those things yeah blitz it basically or if you're me because I'm never gonna get up at, I hate mornings but like you just work really late or you work weekends you just basically work more and more and more so <laughs> you're already overwhelmed and then you're like yeah just gonna keep going which I do get it. Occasionally, you can clear the decks and then start yeah. afresh. However, I think that if that is your continual coping strategy, it's not really going to end well, is it? If your continual coping strategy for overwhelm, when you're probably only going to get more information and more things to do, is to work harder and longer, at some point that's going to backfire. Yeah, and actually I was, and these things are always nuanced, aren't they? I was actually reading a few examples of people saying, Sometimes it can be really helpful to carve out some time where you might not normally work and it's not about making it a habit, but where you do create enough sense of you've kind of done the things you need to do so that you can have the space and the sense of clarity that you need. So like if it was me, I wouldn't normally get up early to do work ever, but I can imagine myself sometimes doing that. Actually, I have done it in the past where I've just thought, I think that would just actually really help me right now, but I'm not going to make a habit of it or like. I am going to do three hours worth of a bit of work at a weekend, which again, is not something I would normally do. But you might think, okay, in this moment, that feels okay. And I, I think that's okay, too. I don't think we should feel too bad about that. <laughs> well, I think we're both saying that because we both do it. Yeah, we do. do that. <laughs> and so what I think was missing when I was reading lots of the articles about overwhelm, which is kind of the points that we've talked about so far, is really the summary is everyone just sort of goes, oh, pinpoint the primary source of the overwhelm. They just like do something about it. And I was like, okay, but but what do you want me to do about it? Like, what are the things? So this is where we were like, right, we have tried to come up with 10 ideas for action of what you could do in those moments of feeling overwhelmed. Short, specific ideas to try out. Maybe we'll write these up as well so that you can, you've got them somewhere that you can download. Yeah, we'll put them on amazingif.com and I'll probably also get a post on Instagram at amazingif that you can just swipe through so that you can see all of these. And I'm sure you know some of these already. You might like some more than others. If you've got other ones, things that have worked really well for you as well, let us know on Instagram where we're just at amazingif and we can add those to the list. But this is what we could come up with. Our 10 uh, top so tips for ten combating top tips overwhelm. in probably about 10 minutes. So here we go. Okay, number one difference between good enough and great and I think in moments of overwhelm especially if you are someone who is a perfectionist might like to spend time over things really think things through I don't think I'm a perfectionist but I'm quite considered in what I like to do is sometimes just knowing I've got to get some of this stuff done and good enough is absolutely fine for now and I have actually done this this week there are some times where I've sent emails where I've thought usually I would craft that a bit further or I'd think about that a bit more 
I bet you I have sent emails this week with some typos in, which I really, really don't like the idea of that. But because I have done some things quickly and recognised that I've needed to, I've sort of also gone, I think people will forgive me for that. And I think it's okay. And I'm still doing kind of all the right things. So one of the things that can be quite useful is on a Monday, if you're feeling really overwhelmed, maybe at the start of your week, just be really clear about what are the things that actually have to be great this week? Because that's usually a very short list. And if everything else is good enough, that's probably fine. And your good enough is probably still pretty good. Like we all give ourselves a pretty hard time and put ourselves on a pedestal. So I always think, don't try and do a big long list. We don't need to spend more time doing more work when we're feeling overwhelmed. But I think if you just go, what needs to be great? I find that really, really helpful because actually in a week, there's usually only one thing I'm doing, maybe two things I'm doing that have to actually be great. So tip number two, is it significant enough to sink the ship? So is the work that you are looking at, and there's probably going to be, if you're feeling overwhelmed, there might be more than one thing that you're trying to do at one time. Which of those things is significant enough to sink the ship? And what we mean by that is how much does it really, really matter? So if you're working on something that is really important to your job, you might even think it's career critical, then it's likely that it might be overwhelming, but that might be one of the things where you're like, okay, I know it's overwhelming. I've just got to get through it. I'm going to put all of my energy behind it. But you know why you're doing it. And it's because it's such a significant piece of work. There might be some other things that you look at and you say, well, if I'm doing some kind of significant scale here, this isn't at the top. I can see what's at the top and it's not this. And that might be something that you can pause or you could reprioritize. But if you think about that scale of significance, like if I thought about, well, what are five things that I'm working on now? And there might be some things for clients, some things on social media, some content I'm creating, the book that we're writing. The most significant thing for me right now is the book that we're writing. And that's where all of my effort and energy should go. And maybe a way that I can control my overwhelm is by slowing some of the other things down or pausing or delegating or finding something else to do, but really focusing on the thing that I think is the most significant, the most important. So just have a look at your work and almost think about a significant scale what's at the top what's maybe a bit more below and just make sure that you're focusing your energy and efforts in the thing that's most important and not kind of trying to do everything at the same pace at the same time action number three is about saying no so saying no is sort of the classic response to what to do when you're feeling overwhelmed you just need to say no loads more perhaps it's not just about saying no it might be about thinking when do you sometimes want to say not now doesn't mean not ever just not now and actually kind of finding ways to say no in kind of a way that works for you so let me give you some examples here because this is something I think I've got a lot better at sometimes people will ask me for things or be kind of interested in having a chat and actually I'm really interested in having a chat too it's just that I can't do it right now and so I think it's absolutely okay to say to somebody really sorry that just over the next couple of weeks I'm really busy I'm this is what I'm doing but would March still work as a way to spend some time together? And most of the time people are like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. It's not a kind of time critical activity. I think sometimes you make something time critical that isn't. I would be like, oh yeah, should we catch up on Monday? And it's like, or could we catch up in a month and it would still be fine? It would still be fine. So I think practice the kind of the art of not now. And then I think the other thing on kind of saying no, I am so much more confident saying no if I can help in another way. So if I say no, either what I try to do is point people towards somebody else. And if I can make that introduction, I will. Or say, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't help with that at the moment. But this is an article you could go and have a look at. Or have you thought about reading this? Or have you thought about listening to this? 
And I think that works for me because I'm a naturally curious person and, you know, I'm good at signposting resources for people in what we do. Kind of that works in in our world, I guess. And I think there's been a few things where I felt quite bad in like January where someone sort of asked me for help and I thought I actually can't do that and they clearly do need it now. But just by going, okay, well, I can't give you what you originally wanted, but this might still be helpful, but in a different way, again, helps me to say no. So I think it's probably right. I mean, if you can get brilliant at just saying no and that feels okay, then great. But the not now or no, but here's some help in a different way could be useful. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So tip number four really focuses on the uh, to-do list. So <laughs> I currently have one of these in my diary that is to the right of me right now. And I'm thinking <laughs> there's quite a lot on that to-do list. And it is quite daunting. What can be helpful when you're feeling overwhelmed is instead of thinking about a uh, to-do list, you're still going to have to think about it. But get yourself a done list. Find a way of recognising all the progress that you're making. So I have like some kind of like retro Filofax thing that I love. I have like to-do list paper. And actually what I could do is create myself a done list that I can look back on. So rather than ending my week now and feeling a bit overwhelmed about all the work I've got to do, I could actually look at my done list and think, yeah, but look at everything you've done, Helen. Stop beating yourself up about the five things that are still there and think about the 50 things that you've done this week. And whether you do it in a diary or a bullet journal or you put post-it notes on a wall it's a way that you can visibly see the progress that you're making and it can just give you a sense of achievement when sometimes overwhelm can leave you losing a bit of perspective. Number five I've stolen from my mental health first aid training so you might have heard me talk about this before and this is the idea of your stress bucket. So I think when everything feels too much some of those things in your control some of those things out of your control the idea here is that it almost feels like your bucket has overflown everything's got kind of on top of you there's too much stuff happening all at once your bucket kind of overflows and then if you imagine a tap on the side of that bucket know what it takes to kind of release that tap to kind of turn that tap on that lowers that water level and reduces your stress 
And this is different for everyone. But the best thing I think I've kind of done this week is even when I have been incredibly busy, felt really overwhelmed, I've still gone for a walk. It actually feels really counterintuitive. Like I was quite tempted one day this week to kind of say to Helen, oh, but I am still working. It's a really weird feeling of like, you know, when you've got a lot on and I imagine this is harder for everybody else. Like if you're in an organisation, it must be harder than it is for you and I. If I still feel like that, mm. like there was one day this week where I think I'd said to you, oh, I'm just nipping out for a walk. And then I felt a bit bad. And I was like, oh, Helen probably thinks like, why am I not working on the book? And it is like incredible how hard you have to work to do those things. But those things are the things that release your stress and kind of lower that water level. So if you feel like your stress bucket is starting to overflow, know what it looks like for you. And I do think it feels counterintuitive, but that 10 minutes of mindfulness, that walk with your dog, going to get a coffee, doing something different, anything that you just know, you always feel better after doing it. I think it sounds simple, but it's actually loads harder than it sounds. I actually, in case it helps you, Sarah, I, A, would never think that of you going on a walk. And also, it just (laughs) makes me think that, A, it makes me happy that you found something that works for you, but it also just makes me think, what's my thing? As in, Mm. oh, that's a really good thing that Sarah's doing. So actually, every time you do say that to me, it just makes me more conscious of, have I really prioritised that for myself? It's actually helpful for me when you share those yeah. things if it stops you worrying in any way <laughs> about some negative thoughts that I'm having about it. Some couple, couple therapy for us there right there. There you go, there you go. <laughs> so tip number six is about just beware of trying to do it all yourself. So if you have got lots on... You know that point that Sarah mentioned right at the beginning, which is that sometimes that default response is just to work harder, faster, longer until burn burn out. out. It's not a great conclusion to that one. Instead, just have a think about who can help you and what you can delegate. And sometimes I think delegate is a tricky word because people think, well, I've got nobody that works for me. So who can Mm. I delegate this to? So if delegate as a concept doesn't feel that comfortable to you, just think about who could help you. You're not necessarily asking them to do your job for you forever. You're just asking for some help right now. And that help might be helping you to write a report because you know that they're really good at it and maybe they can do it quicker than you. I don't know what the answer is, but look around you at who might have some skills, some time, an ability to help you and ask them for that help. Just be confident enough to say, I've got loads on at the moment. I'm struggling a bit to get everything done. I'd really appreciate your help with this thing. Would it be possible? Just be specific, be genuine, be brave. And often people will give you that help that you need. And it might just help you get over this sort of work hump that you might be experiencing at the moment. And there's a good quote actually from, so John Maxwell, who's done a lot of work on leadership. He says, if something can be done 80% as well, by someone else delegate and I think you know it doesn't have to like say delegate in a traditional sense it can just be like don't feel like you're the only one who could do that thing yeah. I sometimes do think we like think oh oh yeah but I know this really well and like oh it's going to take someone else and then you start to realize you're like oh actually everyone else can sort of do Maybe what not. I do and it's and it's fine <laughs> number seven I have borrowed some brilliance from Adam Morgan who wrote a brilliant book called Beautiful Constraints he introduced me to this idea of can if thinking And what can if thinking does is it gets you to come up with solutions to get the things that kind of matter most done, I think. And I'm sort of applying his thinking to careers here and to overwhelm. 
So if you're thinking, I'm really struggling with this, I've got too much on, I'm kind of not going to meet my deadline, this doesn't feel like it's possible, perhaps you feel like you're more in the can't and impossible rather than can and possible frame of thinking. If you do can if thinking and kind of statements, you work out what needs to happen. So with our book at the start of this year, originally, I actually can't remember what our original deadline was, but it was sometime in January. Yeah, it was late Jan. Late January. And I said to Helen, we're not going to make it. And then what we sort of realised was, oh, actually, well, we can still deliver kind of a full draft of the book if we get an extension of a couple of weeks on our deadline and if we make some choices and changes in terms of how we're both spending our time and then started to get really specific about what that's looked like. Now, whether we'll quite make it, I I think... We will make it. We will, we will. But we actually did this and it worked so well for us. And then sometimes you can, you're in control of that completely. So some of the choices and changes about time, like Helen and I have done for ourselves. And one of our we can-ifs also relied on us talking to our publisher and saying, like, this is the reality. This is kind of where we are. We are doing everything that we can to go as quickly as we possibly can. But there are some factors that mean that we can't speed up so much that we're going to meet the original deadline. Does this still work? And it does. And I think sometimes I think if you've done that thinking and you're really thoughtful about it people see that mm. you're not just kind of doing it because like, oh, I can't be bothered oh it just feels a bit hard you're doing it because you've really thought about it and you need that and you're like well we can still do a brilliant job of this project that is my the one thing that is on the top of my significant scale the one thing that I need to do brilliantly and needs me to be at my best could be about support from your partner could be about stopping one project for three weeks just try that can if statements for yourself like I can do this brilliantly if xxx like what would that look like have a go and the more you start to practice it the kind of easier it gets I think as well if a manager is contributing to your overwhelm because maybe they just keep adding to the workload <laughs> can if thinking could really help even more than can if thinking like can if response so it might be mm. yeah I can pick that up if we move this other thing back and just getting really confident and consistent with like your can if response to them it will force them to make choices and it prevents you having to continually add on top of everything you're already doing Tip number eight for you is to get somebody else's perspective on how they would manage the overwhelm that you're experiencing. So sometimes when we've got a lot on and you lose perspective, it's a bit like that. You can't see the wood for the trees. All you can see Mm. is the work. And so you can't find your way through it. It's just like lots of lots of work. But if I, for example, if I felt like I had loads on and I couldn't see the wood for the trees and I just took a moment and thought, well, what would Sarah do? What would Sarah do? She would get a flipboard in her living room <laughs> and she'd put grids and red amber green statuses and have one thing that she would do every day and she would be relentlessly focused on that. That's what Sarah <laughs> would do. If I thought about what my husband would do if he had loads of work on, Gareth, my husband, Gareth, he's very good with boundaries. So he wouldn't work and work and work. He would set himself a deadline. He would do it. He meditates when he's overwhelmed and that's the way he gets some perspective back as well. And so I might do a blend of both of those. But the thing it would help me to do is get out of my head and my solutions which might not be working at this point and actually just think about well okay if I tried to do it like them I might just find a new way forward and a different way of approaching a problem and a bit of overwhelm that I might be struggling with. So that was one way of getting perspective and then number nine is a different way of getting perspective and that is to read watch or listen to something which is kind of about a cause or a topic or a person that just feels bigger than you let me explain that a little bit more 
so like this week, for example, it genuinely really helped me. I watched a bit of a documentary about Barack Obama's final year, final kind of year of administration. And watching that really put things in perspective. You know, when he's when when him and his team were in Syria and then they were talking about like the decisions they make and some of it is heartbreaking. But also watching this incredible woman do the work that she did at the UN and, you know, just sort of it takes you out of your world you know when you're overwhelmed you're very in your own world I well I I am certainly I get very like very focused I get very single-minded my partner was watching this documentary I was still working at my desk and then I did stop I was so overwhelmed I was still working and watching the documentary at the same time but then I stopped and I was like oh no I'm gonna have a cup of tea I'm gonna watch it for a bit and I was so glad that I did because you know you just think oh yeah there probably are more important things than like this paragraph that I'm trying to write it's not to try and diminish what you're doing and it's not to stop you caring I just sometimes think it is a helpful reminder of like what you're doing is important and also there's a big wide world out there and I find that a useful reminder some people might go I don't need that but it worked for me so I thought I'd include it I like it Mm -hmm. Uh, my last one's really it's like top 10 tactical tips yeah it's really it's really tactical everybody I don't know if there's any psychology in this at all but it works for me my tip is to clean up bear with me so I think if you are feeling really overwhelmed when you are in your messy brain and at a messy desk and looking at a messy notebook I don't think it helps I think it's just all lots of like work noise that can sometimes be really difficult so I think you've got to find a way to clean up your brain and your desk and your to-do list some ideas for you if you want to clean up your brain get out of the busyness I mean meditation would be the way of doing that it doesn't work for everybody I actually find journaling probably works for me better than meditation but it's just think about how you get your brain to stop worrying like the noise to stop happening whether it's meditation or journaling or something else maybe exercising actually but clean up your brain clean up your desk like for me if I've got a messy desk my desk actually quite clean at the moment if it's really messy and I've got wires and cables everywhere it just like adds to my stress and overwhelm so for me a clear desk works clean up your to-do list some people might not think this is a very good use of time but sometimes when I'm looking at my list and there's crosses and ticks and different color pens taking five minutes to just neaten up my list and put like some dates on it and put it in an order it just gives me a sense of control and doability back your notebook I will start a blank page so if I'm like okay time to get serious Helen just starting like a blank page I've even gone dramatic sometimes and started a whole new notebook when I'm like (laughs) right this is serious clean up your day I'm not saying that you can always not be in all the meetings that are in your diary but it might be possible to say do you know what for this one day I'm going to ask someone else to represent me in that meeting I'm going to delay that other meeting so you can basically create yourself a bit of time in the day it might not be realistic to do it every week of every month but for one day you could probably move things around to give yourself a bit of space in your diary and even your email even cleaning up your email drastic things I've done before please if you do this anyone listening and you get into trouble don't blame me but before (laughs) when I was getting too many emails I set up a rule that everything that I was cc'd in onto went into a folder that I never looked at (laughs) I mean it (laughs) massively no not now not now I have different rules now different flags now but um I um yeah so it like massively cut down the amount of email that I had to sift through and to be honest if it was that important someone would chase me and they would send I had a basically a rule my managers I always read emails from my manager everything else that was cc'd went into a folder that I didn't look at and then if it was that important people chased me and people hardly ever chased me hardly ever (laughs) and it was fine and sometimes now even 
when my inbox has got really overwhelming, I'll basically just think clean slate. I copy and paste it all into like January 2021. Yeah, and yeah. Start again. Just start again. So think. I'm thinking uh, how much you, my right? desktop would stress you out right I bet now. It would. But hopefully there's something there. And just as a final point to finish with, I think everybody can just support each other right now. I've actually seen some really nice things on Instagram where like I see people go, if somebody's got a toddler, just know that the toddlers are winning right now. So see how people are doing. I think it was mum versus baby and it really made me laugh. Now I'm lucky my toddler's still at nursery, so I'm winning. You know, I think just thinking, you know, if people are feeling overwhelmed, we can all just like support each other and we're all feeling overwhelmed some of the time. I think like Helen and I are having to like support each other probably more than we are usually because we're all kind of struggling a little bit. So use those support groups, use those WhatsApp groups. And like, find a way to smile. It. Like I was thinking this week, yeah, that's, I've, that's I've, some of well. those funny things that have been shared on the news, like that lawyer or the judge that was like cat had thing. that cat filter. <laughs> yeah. I think some of those, like finding moments to make you smile as well are yeah. also healthy. So maybe that's like a secret extra tip for number 11 and 12. The support and smiles will also help with the overwhelm. Yeah, we didn't think about those beforehand, did we? So that's why they, <laughs> they've been added in at the end. They've been added in. <laughs> tip number 11 and 12. Quick, get those in. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will be back with you next week with another topic. If you found this helpful, do let us know. Like Sarah said earlier, you can get in touch with us at Amazing If on Instagram. We do love to hear from people. It helps us to know that we're not just talking to ourselves on a podcast. Um, <laughs> and, to be fair, I feel like today we were just talking yeah, to ourselves. Yeah, I think maybe we were just talking to ourselves. But yeah, let us know if it's helpful for you too. That's always nice to hear. And as ever, if you do have any spare time that you could possibly give us for one or two minutes to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast, it's one way that we can find more people, we can help more people and maybe we can help them with their overwhelm too. So we'd hugely appreciate that if you do have the time to do it. Thank you so much, everybody. And we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.